We here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. So uh, my name is Edward, I go by the name of Eddie, I'm from Bonneville, I attend uh, Beautiful Exchange Grace Church, yeah, um, that's, I was born and bred in Bonneville, uh, yeah, I got saved at the age of 21, yeah, that's basically who I am, raised by my mom, only found my father a few months ago. Amen. So yeah, that's basically who I am. Eddie, that's, um, that's awesome. And um, yeah, I think one of the keys you mentioned I'm really going to highlight is that you are from Beautiful Exchange Grace Church. And uh, I think the transformed life, like Norman also said, it's, it's one thing to be born from above, but then how do you live that life? And where do you plug in? And how do you go about discipleship? And how long have you known um, the Pastor Norman? I know him for, I think it's 11, 11 or 10 years now. 10 or 11 years since I got born again. Okay, awesome. Did you get born again in Beautiful Exchange? or No. Oh, okay. How has your life changed since joining, since getting born again, born from above? I'm going to challenge myself to, to change my lingo. And <laughs> um, you can hear it's still ingrained there. So, yeah. yeah, since you got born of God, how, how, how did your life change? Who was Eddie before then? Uh, I mean, 21 is still very young, but uh, a lot can happen from 0 to 21. Who knows that? <laughs> Again, my hands up. Um, so a lot can happen between zero and twenty-one. Um, Eddie, tell us who were you in terms of like the flesh man? We know what happened. We spoke about that this morning, being born from God, born from above, and then we can go on to like the life you now live and uh, how that is different. And before I was born from above, <laughs> I used to be. Uh, I found myself in the wrong part. At a very young age, at the age of 14, I found myself in hanging out with the wrong crews and I ended up belonging into a gang. And by going into a gang, a gang, there's certain things that you need to do to hang out with the gang. So I was one of the guys that used to do things, very bad things for the gang to seek acceptance by the gang. By me, um, I was raised by my mom, not that, didn't have a father. By entering the gang, there's a lot of big guys and they were like a father to me. And for me, I wanted to please my fathers in the gang. And I did a lot of bad stuff like shooting people and came to a port at the age of 14 years old. I shot the first guy at the age of 16 years old, I killed the first guy. And and as it went on, and as it went on, you just wanted to please your friends. You just do these things to please your friends because they are the only ones that give you acceptance because of the certain things I do for them. That makes me feel accepted because they praise me when I do certain things like shooting people. They give me some appraisal. And for me, just to hear one of my friends tell me that, yes, look here, that was good. We are we like you for what you did and all that stuff. So yeah, that was, but I believe personally it was all just 
seeking for something that I didn't have. I didn't have a father and I thought that they were the ones that are going to give fulfill that, that I'm seeking for. And so it ended up very bad for me <laughs> to a certain degree. Um, I think just that the ages that you mentioned for me already, like sort of like it's gravity to just the situation. I mean, the age of 14, the age of 16, and uh, I remember we speaking and um, I think I asked you like why and how did they approach you? And you said you were one of the tallest guys in your class. I think that, yeah, that was your... I was bigger, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, where I grew up, which is, is, is different, um, when you were the biggest in your class, you got a scholarship to go play rugby at a good high school. Where you grew up, um, like, you get invited into a gang and to come and, and receive acceptance. And, um, and here we sit together as brothers, coming from completely different backgrounds, having the same father now, and I mean, I had performance. Uh, what you're basically sharing is performance. Yeah. And, and, and it's actually just a religion because it's performance-based acceptance. Yes. And it's on the, the wrong side of things. It's on like acting obviously out in violence, shooting people, etc. Where I was a performance-based, like on a religious side in terms of wanting to please and please people, but through good works. Same problem. Being in Same the, route. Being in the gang is, is like an occult because we have our certain beliefs that we believe in. So one of the beliefs is that we need to do certain things to get approval from the elderly guys and to get, even for me to get a position in the gang, I needed to prove myself that I'm worthy to belong into this gang and I'm worthy to get a certain position. So there's obviously rank, there's performance, there's acceptance, there's that, I mean, and all of that feeds, that whole system feeds on that lack of identity, actually. Yes. So not being, knowing, transform, working constantly to be performing, to, to be accepted and to go to, to level up. I mean, yeah. guys, I don't know, like, if you're in a gang or you're in a corporate gang or in a religious gang, like, it's all just a group of people, a community trying to connect together, trying to, to meet up, trying to be accepted. Uh, like I said, we got invited to, to go play rugby, you got invited to, to go to a gang. It's, it's, it's a different world, but it's the same root problem. Because the fruit of it for me was also, like, I, I wasn't happy, I was depressed, I was like down and out. Um, so, yeah, any day, obviously, we don't want to go into, into, into all the detail, that's not why we are here. We get to, to, to hear your story of transformation um, and, and how God has touched you. And then what happened, right, like, from, from 16 onwards, maybe give us that 16 to 21, what, what's the end story there? So, um, as time when as I was still in the gang, used to do certain things and I started losing friends. And so it, when you, in a gang, when you start losing friends, then it comes to reality. At first, at 14 years old, it was fun, and it was nice and all the stuff. But as I started losing friends, that friends, they are gone, they're not coming back anymore. Now, you, when you're at home, you sit and realize and think, that guy is not coming back anymore. So this is no longer a joke. This is reality. And what is what it's almost like I was seeking for a purpose I was seeking for something but I didn't know what it was because I didn't know God at that time I was seeking I, like I will tell everyone even when I speak to people that is gangsters I did everything that the gang require of you I sought people I used drugs I killed I did everything that the gang required for you it was like almost there was there was nothing more that the gang can require to me that I didn't do 
everything if they asked me this i did it if they asked me that i did it already at the young age and there were certain big guys that was longer than me in the gang but i move away from them they are like under me now because i did what they didn't even couldn't do some of them didn't have the heart to do it but i all that i wanted to do was i wanted to please my friends and show them that i am worthy to be your friends that i'm I'm worthy to be trusted into your relationship or have a relationship with you guys. And time went on. As I started losing friends, they are not coming back anymore. I laid in bed one day and I was thinking to myself that um, what is there have to be more than life than this, this man. Standing on a corner, shooting people, doing this, doing that. They need to be more than life than that. So as time went on, I, I went, one morning I look, I went out, I look at the mountain. As I was looking at the mountain, I told myself, who created the mountain? The mountain can't just, just be there. There's something that created. So there is more to life than just that. Sure. But I still went on in my ways. But I believe now that I have God in my life, I came to realize, I believe, personally believe that it was God that was busy dealing with me because... So they were shooting some of my friends. I it didn't even feel like retaliating because some of my friends were just looking up to me to do the shootings. They all, in a sense, they were trying to use me in a sense because they knew if someone gets shot, I would just, they would just say, Eddie, someone got shot and I would take the thing and I would go and I would do my thing. Because in the gang, it was always like, we need to go take revenge. And the time went on, I... But I felt this emptiness in my heart, man. There was always this emptiness that, that this gang couldn't give me. And I, time went on, time went on, time went on. And sometimes came, I came to a point where I felt like my life doesn't make sense. Maybe I was just born to die on the corners. And I didn't even worry anymore about... I would stand on the corner literally without a gun and I would want the enemies to come and they would just shoot me because I don't have purpose in this life. I just wanted to die because nothing makes sense for me. Man. I don't know why am I here. I even started because I raised up in a, in a my grandma was saved, my, my mom was saved. I grew up in a house that my parents were saved. And I always hear the story about God and God. And I believe that my, I always thought this, that maybe God was just a term that people uses to try and get the world to a better place. That's why people say, if if I can get saved now, there is one less person that do naughty stuff. Sure. But then the God wasn't really real to me. But as I grew up in the house, it, I saw the hand of God moving, but I didn't want to accept it because I didn't know God. So time went on, time went on, and I felt like I have no purpose on this life, man, that I just wanted to die. And that's the way the point with God started dealing with me. And I felt that I have known God started to. Another guy that is dead today, he passed on. He invited me to a church service. As he invited me, he told me that yeah, he's gonna come, I can come with him. And this man used to belong to a gang that I used to fight with, but he got saved. Sure. And so he invited him. So we went to the service. Unknowingly, I don't know what's gonna happen. I just think, okay, I'm just gonna go to please this guy. Go. As I went, the service, I don't even remember 
what happened in that service. But I know they made an altar call. He still told me that it's now your time, Eddie. Sure. I told him, no, I'm not ready, man. I'm not ready for this. As the guy was making the altar call, as he making the altar call, I don't know what happened that day. I don't know. It wasn't intentionally. I bowed down my head. As I bowed down my head, I just felt my hands lifting up from self. I didn't put up my hand. I don't know what happened. As my hand went up, I heard the guy in front. Brother, I see your hand. As I heard that, I told myself that I can't put my hand down now. What did I just do now? I see your hand, but the thing, the thing that made me went on is that the peace I felt this moment, the moment that guy say, said, brother, I saw your hand, sure. the peace I felt at that moment, at that point in time, it's a peace I cannot explain. I cannot explain that peace. It was a, a it was like, I, it, a, my, a few days ago, I felt like dying. It's, like almost, I felt it's a peace that I cannot explain, man. I don't know where it is. In a blink of an eye, I felt like walls just fell from my, fell from me. Because in the gang, I had a lot of people that started giving me responsibilities. I had to see that everyone had the guns. I had to see that if everyone is sorted, I need to, because I had a lot of responsibility and put strain on you to think of all the stuff. But the peace I felt that night, it was a peace I cannot explain. I, oh, I used to tell Pastor Norman that um, that time, every time when I am, am in the service, I wanted to raise my hand. When I make out the call, I wanted to lift up my hand again, just to experience that feeling again. Because it's a feeling that I cannot explain. I cannot explain, explain. As time went on, now, that was the night, I told myself, how am I going to face the gang now? How am I going to face... I didn't want that night to stop. I wanted that night to go on forever because I don't know how to... Because in the community, everyone still sees me as the murderer. Everyone sees me as Eddie, the gang member. Everyone sees... Only I know. Because my family is saved. That's why I know that this thing, the step that I took isn't a thing that you need to take lightly. I went down. I still had a knife in my pocket as I went to church. Still had a knife in my pocket and I had a gun at home. Because we still had plans for the weekend, what we're still gonna get, the rival gang that we're gonna get. I went into the house, my, my grandmother still asked me, she asked me, how was the church? Uh, fine. And I, <laughs> Went into the room, I was laying in my bed, I think to myself, what am I going to tell these people? I, saw, I was working at that time, I went to work, I didn't want to come home, because I don't know how to face, how to face the people, man. I came in the bus, my whole body was suffering, because I don't know how I'm going to face the people out there, because every, people like to judge you so for who... For what you have done. I went home. I just put down my bag. I told myself that I'm going to run to the guy who invited me to church. I ran to him. As I ran to him, 
I see that his wife tells me that he is working overtime, he's working late. What am I going to do now? I don't want to be at home because I don't want to tell my mother and my grandmother what decision I made. I, I'm standing on the corner. I went home, I take the gun out and told myself, no, I'm going to give the gun to my friends now, man. Now I go to them, all of them are standing in a circle. Now they are talking. Now every night when I come from work, they know I want to smoke and stuff. They pass me the bus. I say, no, I don't want to it tonight. Not today, man. It's fine. And no, I don't want to smoke. It's fine. I don't know what happened that moment there. But in a blink of an eye, the conversation changed. And they started talking about God. Wow. In that moment, I'm only a few hours saved. A few hours, I know nothing about God. Nothing. I know nothing about God. They started talking about God. I don't know what happened. I started opening my mouth. Wow. I spoke to that guys about God. I don't know anything about God. Until today, I don't know what I told them. All of them just started getting quiet. They put down the pipe. They started listening at me. Wow. And I'm speaking to them and I say, God created the opportunity for me to speak to them about God. Wow. And I told them, guys, this is the decision that I've made now. Here's the gun. And I'm going to say, brother, we're glad for you and we hope that you're going to stay under the road. But the thing that stood out for me was just the peace that I felt in that moment. It's a peace, not even when I shot someone, I didn't even feel that peace. Even when, my crowd, when the crowd cheered me on for the certain things that I did, I just felt that, that achievement for that moment. But the peace that I felt that night was a peace I cannot explain. I cannot explain it. And that made me went on. And as I was speaking there to them, my, my, I don't know, but it stopped. I got a phone call of one of the guys. They phoned me. They called me. Yes, Eddie, look here. One of our rival gangs is standing here on the corner. You can suit him and we're going to give you money. I tell him, my friend, I'm sorry, man. I changed my life, I gave my life to the Lord, and I'm a changed man now. He couldn't believe it, he found one of our leaders. And the leaders and the guy, and some of the, the news started spreading, and some of them, he told them that he heard that I've changed my life and stuff like that. So yeah, that was how the changing part started for me. Wow. <laughs> um. Eddie, to, to see you share this, I, I can really, like, I can see Jesus in your eyes. Amen. And, uh, I know he's obviously on the inside of you. And the words that um, Jesus said, like, peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Amen. Uh, but as, as I give, and it's my peace. Um, and, uh, I mean, you've, like, we've all walked the road. We all have a story. And, uh, we all have a story. Whether it's a good story or a bad story. I, I said, it was, if, you, if you're born from above, you have a good news story. And, um, and it's all a different story, but we all have a testimony to share. We all have something, and it, like, it might not be as radical as Eddie's, but it's, all, it's, it's still to share. It's still to, to give God the, the honor and the glory. Um, so Eddie, yeah, like, obviously then you, 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 got, you got saved. Like, you got radically saved. <laughs> and uh, awesome how God has, like, 
he, he prepared the bar for you. Amen. And, uh, when, like you, the things that you were worried about was uh, even dealt with um, in, in such a supernatural, miraculous way. Um, and then the story ended and life is happily ever after. No, it's not. Unfortunately. No. <laughs> <laughs> On a wedding, I always tell the people in fairy tales, this is where it ends because this is where life happens. And the uh, last wedding I did, um, he's actually in the room, and uh, him and his wife said, and it's not about having the wedding of the year, it's about having a marriage of a lifetime. Amen. And uh, yeah, what an awesome way to, to, to describe that. And, um, and, and for you as well, like, I mean, I wish we could say, like, after that everything was hunky-dory, and, <laughs> and life was awesome, and there was butterflies, and rainbows, and gold dust everywhere, but what happened after that? After that, I still, I, I felt free, in my spirit I feel free, but physically I knew that I did a lot of bad things and that the rival gang still want to get me because some of them didn't believe. As time went, I heard the rumors that some of them told that we don't believe that he got saved, we was deceased, was this last maybe for a few days or a few weeks. As time went on, I was, I think it was a month that I was saved. But I don't know, man. God has a certain way of. Yo, He has a certain way, man. His plans and His ways are higher than our ways. I told myself, I got the scripture. You know, when you got saved the first time, you are radical for Jesus. You don't, nothing can stop you. I got the scripture. I still had that fear in my heart that I know that um, the gang, rival gangs, is still going to get me for what I did with them. I got the scripture that men can kill the flesh, but it cannot kill the spirit. Sure. I got that scripture and I told myself, I'm not going to be scared. I'm just going to walk wherever. I don't worry. I walked wherever. But the moment I walked past this way, I just hear someone tell me, the guys that went just now, they went this way now. You must be careful. And when I come back, they say, the guys just every time like this. But there's one night, I came out of church. I went to go. <laughs> Yo, but that was me. The Lord, I can feel that. But I don't hear that. I don't know the voice of the Lord yet or right or whatever. I came in front of my gate. And I, something tells me, go in. But I don't want to go in. I tell myself, no, I'm going to go to that other guy now, man. To speak to them a little bit. I went to them. As I went to them, I come back. As I came back, I was still speaking to someone. But as I was speaking, I was walking with my back this way. As I was walking, something just told me that, look at the back of you. As I was looking at the back of me, I just saw the guy coming across the road. But he wanted to come on to me as he was coming. I saw the gun and he, when he saw, I saw him. He shot the first shot. He shot me here. And then he started. There were three guys and all of them started shooting at me. As I ran, I just felt some of the, I just felt three bullets. I felt this one and the one in my here, this side of my side, and the one in my leg. I just felt that one. But as, but God is so faithful. Guys, I can tell that God is faithful. No matter the circumstances, no matter what, He's still faithful. He remains faithful. Even in every difficult situation, He stays faithful. I had, as they shot me in my leg, I was in this position, 
to fall. I wanted to fall like this because I was shot in my leg. Yeah, I wanted to fall. As I wanted to fall, the guy is still coming after me. But you see that I'm going to fall so he can finish me. As I was like this, in my mind, I just asked, God, help me. The moment I asked God, help me, I literally felt that my body was glowing and I felt someone lifting me up like this and I was standing like this with my back to the guy and the guy is still coming and he's still shooting. With the moment I asked God, help me, none of the bullets could touch me anymore. None of the, the moment I asked God to help me, no bullets could touch me. And I didn't even feel in my body that I was shot. I felt no bullets, no pains, nothing in my body. And I ran to one of my friend's houses and I was there where I sat. I sat there and that's where I saw that I was shot. So as they were checking on me, I was shot five times. I was sitting there. One of the guys came, they put me in the car. They drove to hospital. And like everyone knows, I'm only a man safe. It is going to come back and everyone is waiting for that moment. It is going to come back. My friends is cheering on their home. They know it is going to be back now. Because if you do something to Eddie, Eddie goes back. <laughs> they are waiting for that moment. But yo, so I experienced that peace again in hospital. As I was sitting in hospital, the, the doctors can't believe it. I was in the emergency hall, they checked everywhere, they couldn't believe it. Nothing is wrong with this guy, nothing is wrong, they don't need to operate on me. They, they asked me, do you have pain? I have no pain doctor. Do you want painkillers? I don't want painkillers, I don't need it, I don't have pain, I just want to go home. <laughs> I was there for three days in hospital, shot five times. No, three days in hospital. The second day I sit in hospital, I was, now I'm sitting thinking. The Lord gave me a scripture of what happened in that moment. I don't know nothing about God yet. I'm only a man saved. But He gave me it in Afrikaans. I say, Rook me aan. And He tijd van benauwdheid. And I say, Vater, waters, waar russes, leie jou in. He gave me, I didn't read that scripture. I know nothing about that scripture, but I got that scripture. And the moment I got that scripture, I felt the peace in my heart. I didn't want to go take revenge. I didn't. I went home. My friends were at the house. I told them, guys, God forgave me for the things I did to other people. And now I forgive them also for what they did to me. Oh. Amen. And in that time of that month that I was saved, I, it's almost, it, was only, it was almost like I was saved. I know I was saved, but it's almost like God wasn't real to me at that moment, man. It wasn't, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it wasn't real to me yet, man. It, it was still that I'm thinking that maybe it is really a term that people just use for people to get saved. But the day I got shot and I called upon His name, and he took me to a safe place. And I still have that peace. That showed me that he was real. That point showed me that God is real. And nothing, and since that day, 
Nothing can say to me that God isn't real. God is alive and is real to me like the school doing in front of me. Amen. You want to sip of my cool The power of forgiveness. Isn't that the, the power of God? Amen. Isn't that grace? God making a way to forgive us of our sins. Amen. And, uh, and how that for me is, is the, um, the very thing that set you free. Amen. Like you know, your blood was opgeteld. But you didn't take it back. Amen. Because Jesus poured out his blood for us. And we don't need to add to the sacrifice. Amen. And uh, if you think about what grace is, grace really is the power of forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, God forgiving us for what we've done wrong through the blood of His Son. Amen. And um, yeah, um, I'm not really where to go with this. <laughs> it's just so awesome to see that God is real. Amen. That God is alive. Amen. And, um, <laughs> In this life, in this world, you will have tribulation. Isn't that what Jesus said? Amen. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. Who's the victorious ones? Who overcomes the world? Those who are born of God. Amen. Does it mean you'll never get shot at? Well, no. <laughs> um, any from there then. So, that, I mean, that's amazing. Um, and that's, just, that's gospel. That's the gospel in action. That's the transformed life lived like right here and, and that's why I so so um, almost deeply wanted you to come and just share your story not to glorify the testimony but to glorify the power of grace and forgiveness because yeah. that is what the dominoes were falling and I mean that's what many evil things in the world operate on this domino falls so that we take back revenge so this domino falls so we take back revenge and you just said no more no. and from here on the dominoes is not falling on your account because Christ forgave you and you ended a whole cycle of murder and violence through the power of God in you. Amen. And sometimes the most manly thing you can do is to forgive. Amen. And in that time, I don't know, I don't remember if I read the scripture or the previous church we used to belong to. I think the time it was still Brother Norman. I think he preached or he mentioned the scripture because we had certain times when we, when we, met together in scripture reading and stuff that that um to whom much is forgiven much love that i found that scripture or he read that scripture i couldn't remember it but that was the thing that is in my heart the whole time to whom much is forgiven much love then I, and i understand that god has forgiven me of much because i know of all the things i did my sentence was supposed to be dead and life in hell but yet, he gave up his life for me so that I can forgive other people as well. And that is the thing that drove me to forgive him because I know of how much I have been forgiven. I've, I've done a lot of bad things in my lifetime. I did a lot of them. That, is a, that scripture stood out for me in that time. That's why I could have easily forgiven that people. Easily, easily forgive that people because I know I have been forgiven of much, much, much. I have been forgiven of much. That's why. Because I have been forgiven of much. Why not forgive them of much? What they have done to me. Amen. Amen. I think it's so important as well um, that you forgive yourself. Amen. So if you realize that God Almighty, King of the universe,
most holy one, etc., 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 has forgiven you. Who are you not to forgive yourself? And that's where the grace of God came in. I still had that guilt, still knowing that I did this stuff in the past, and still had it in my heart, man, that, oh, because in our area there's a certain woman. I've, I saw her, my husband dead, and I, every day I have to walk past her. And by me seeing how she looks at me, and I also grew up without a dad, and now her child also have to grow up without a dad because of me, because of the certain decision. And I still felt that guilt and that condemnation sometimes in my heart. And now you in the Lord's church, you still hear the stuff on you, they throw it on you, and Lo and behold, Pastor Norman comes with the message of the grace of our Lord Jesus. That's why I can speak like this freely without feeling condemned. Pastor Norman comes and he says the message of the Lord's grace. What great purchase for us. What great did for us. What Jesus really, what it really means to be saved by grace and not of our works. It doesn't define what we've done. What we did doesn't define who we really are. It's because of what Jesus did for us. That is the ultimate. And that is where I thought all the guilt started going away. And that's why today I can speak freely of what I did. I'm not scared. I won't I, I'm not scared to tell people of what I did because I know that now that time I just said I know I'm forgiven, but now I know I am forgiven. I know it's a knowing in my heart now that I have been forgiven of all the things that I did. That time I just said, told it to the people, no, I was forgiven, but still I walked with the guilt in my heart. But now I know that I am forgiven because of what Jesus Christ has done for me, I am forgiven. Now I can speak freely. That's why I thank God that God revealed the, the, the message or the gospel of God's grace unto Pastor Norman. That made me even more free. The, that, that freedom I experienced, the day I gave my heart to Jesus, I'm experiencing that freedom until today because I know this gospel has changed my life radically. It changed me from the inside out. It changed me. Amen. 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 Changed me from the inside out. And uh, also how... Um, Forgiveness, but then receiving forgiveness, forgiving yourself, forgiving others, and living in that. Um, after the cross, Jesus says, forgive because you have been forgiven. Amen. And isn't that so true? Forgive because you have been forgiven, like you said. Um, those that have been forgiven much, love much. And uh, I mean, we can just see, Eddie, that you love Jesus. Man. I love you just for that. <laughs> you can just, you, 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 you pour Jesus out um, in such a loving way. And um, I think you... We're cheering you on. I'm cheering you on Amen. all the way. Um, what God has for you is, is massive. Uh, you didn't have to go through what you did. Amen. That was your decisions. Amen. The circumstances yes. that you were under. But God can use all things. Mm. And He uses it for our good. And um, yeah. Eddie, why don't you just pray for, for the guys here as well? Amen. So and the thing that always went me to go on is knowing like people like Pastor Norman, them, they always... Because I, there's all in the world still people that are judging me for what I did. And coming into his space, seeing that this man, don't worry of what I did, man. He accept me for who I am. 
Now the gang members is no longer the father figure to me. He became the father figure with me. But I always use this term. I always tell my friends this also. If I invite them to church, I'm still friends with them, but I'm not on that level anymore. But I always tell them, why do you want to be my friend when I needed to be bad things with you guys? Why can't you be my friend still when I'm making the good decisions? Sure. Pastor Norman stick with me, even if I made a bad decision, even if I made a good decision, he still believed the best in me. And that motivated me to still go on and on. For I believe if it wasn't for people like him and if it wasn't for the grace of God, I would be maybe back to my old roots. But because people believing in me, seeing the best in me, and the grace of God that cheers me even more on, that made me go on more and more for Jesus. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.